Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Convincing Podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. I am Matthew and I'm joined today by my co-host Thomas. How are you, Thomas? I'm fine. Number 12, I do believe. This is our 12th podcast now, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're all ho- um, home and staying safe. Yeah, still, uh, it's probably our eighth podcast in um, lockdown, if not more. Um, please subscribe to get more news like this to um, make sure that you tune in every time we do one of these. And there are many ways which you can subscribe to the podcast through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And a disclaimer, we are not offering uh, legal advice, just an overview of the convincing news. So, so with that, let's get cracking, ladies and gentlemen. So to start off today, uh, this week's news and uh, podcast, we will start with the first article that is um, from the Law Society Gazette. And it says uh, as follows, conveyances ask Sunak for furlough flexibility. So uh, we've previously read through this article, of course, and what it is talking about is um, the Law Society uh, has asked for more flexibility in the government's coronavirus job retention scheme or the furlough scheme so that it can help conveyances get their housing market back on its feet. Hmm. Um, yeah, right I mean, there's now, a lot of industry bodies that are calling out for this and it's being backed by the Law Society. Those yeah. bodies being the Conveyancing Association, Society of Licensed Conveyances, Bold Legal Group and Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. Yeah, so um, I believe one of the things they're asking for was the ability, unless, no, yeah, it is this one. Sorry, I'm also lost. So one thing they, that they were asking for in terms of flexibility was the ability to allow um customers uh, to allow uh, workers to come back in to the office even um, every now and then and for their furlough to be sort of disactivated I guess and then reactivated once they came back home for some for, for yeah, instance. Yeah it's more flexibility apparently at the moment uh, you can only switch stuff on a three week basis so, like, if you furlough somebody, you can't have them back again for three weeks. And um, they're saying that this is quite difficult because um, different staff have different skills. So um, somebody that's furloughed might need to come in uh, on a more regular basis. Yeah. It does seem that um, it should be at the discretion of the employer, but obviously there's not enough flexibility in the scheme. Seems like there isn't no. Oh well, that's at least what we're hearing from these um, unhappy solicitors or unhappy firms. Mm. Regardless, um, it doesn't seem unreasonable, and uh, we can only hope for the best for these. Yeah, they're working. saying. I mean, it's only 
it's negatively affecting the market and the and the um, service that's being given to the customer. Hmm. Anyway, um, that is interesting. I mean, we'll have to come back to that one to see what they decide on that. Definitely. We'll keep you up to date and we'll obviously, well, if we can, uh, we'll be able to tell you if... <laughs> uh, regardless, sorry. Um, let's move on with the next article. So this article is also from the Law Society Gazette and it is talking about tenants who could lose access to a duty solicitor in eviction cases. This one is, um, it's a little sad. It's talking about how tenants who are um, possibly going to be evicted from the houses they are, uh, well, renting, I'm guessing, right? Renting or just um, there temporarily. They are possibly going to be evicted and they might not be able to get help from a duty solicitor um, because I believe it's just because they might not get be, able, be able to get a hold of them because of um, schedules or or other um, reasons, sorry. Mm. Regardless. Yeah, the um, the courts have been suspended for 90 days due to the virus, I think. And uh, also to help people who might have otherwise been evicted. So basically nobody's being evicted at the moment. And they're saying that when the courts reopen in, on the 25th of June... Um, there may not be like duty solicitors available. I'm not sure whether that's because they'll still be under lockdown or if there's like a shortage. It doesn't really say, but it, mm. they are urging anybody who has a hearing at that time to go ahead and get um, a legal aid lawyer to help them to go to a, a, a solicitor firm that specializes in legal aid yeah i'm not sure i mean because a duty solicitor is one that just hangs around the court and uh, he's just given to whoever needs one at a time so i don't know why there wouldn't be any available does seem very strange doesn't it but if it's the case, if it seems like it might be what hap what's going to happen, because it's not something that's happening just yet, is it? Because they are going to be... When are they reopening? Or reopening? The thing is, it's like this um, This solicitor, Sue James, says here that the trouble is that the, mo the vulnerable people, the most vulnerable people probably aren't organised enough to organise a legal aid solicitor in time. That's what they're saying is the duty solicitor is basically the last resort for most people. So it's sort of how can they open the uh, court when there isn't there aren't any duty solicitors? Yeah. Hopefully there are duty solicitors when they are needed though. I mean, has, wasn't this article as well, about... they, they were saying that... Yeah, exactly. Um, they might conduct some of the hearings by telephone or Skype. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Mm. And they say that the cases will be listed at 30-minute intervals too. Yeah, I mean, this would probably be the ideal thing. Um, it would probably solve the, the problem of low amounts of duty solicitors available by making it more accessible for them to be able to do their job without any risk of contamination or anything like that. 
Mm. That's uh, that's good, but we it's not something that's been accepted yet, is it? So we'll have to wait and see what they say about it. They're saying here that there there's a lack of computers in the courts that are able to like do these remote hearings. Guess they'll need to buy some new gear and fit it into the courtrooms. Yeah, I mean, it won't, hopefully that isn't too hard. It shouldn't be. <laughs> Alrighty, well, moving on from the last article, this next article is from the Daily Mail, and it is about the property market. So as we all know, the property market has, uh, well, was um, given the green light back two weeks ago, I do believe, when we covered it, basically saying, go, 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 and sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. Well, one leading estate agent, um, Knight, the estate agent Knight Frank, has forecasts has forecast that the house price will fall, or the house prices will fall by seven percent, while the Bank of England predicts a sixteen percent decline, which is more than uh, more than double what um, Knight Frank has mm. forecast. So it's. It's a bit strange. Where do they get their numbers? Where do they get this percentage? Both yeah, of them, I mean, really. The Bank of England, I'd be more inclined to believe because they are supposed to be the big guys. But um, the estate agents certainly have a lot of more data about the housing market, don't they? Yeah. Because they're doing the, the viewings and um, they've got a handle on like who's coming in with how much money and... Um, what what prices price ranges they're looking at in the market? Mm. But I guess we haven't really seen what's going to happen yet. No, I mean the price market is still trying to get back up on its feet. And one, I think it, I, I do believe it was at least a month ago. Now we covered an article that said that the maximum it would probably drop was going to be around twenty percent. Mm. So my opinion, it's very um, strange. Yet it's it's interesting how they've come up with a 7% and not a 16 or 20 or 25. So it's just a question of waiting and seeing. Yeah, this one's interesting. It says, strategic buyers sense that the COVID shock could trigger big price reductions and that the post-lockdown market will be a buyer's one. Kind of like buyers will be in control because they'll be expecting reductions. They'll be looking around for good prices and... Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean the sellers have to go along with it, but no, it depends how desperate people are to sell at the end of the day. I mean, in a way, the the only way COVID nineteen could affect the housing market is obviously by lowering the prices, but only because people won't have the money to do it. If a buyer did have the money to do it and he had way more than what was needed to do it, then you shouldn't really have a reason to, you know, put your price as low as he might want it. Mm. This chart's quite interesting from the Halifax. It shows that even with the big drop, that the house prices are still better than they were like a, a year ago. Yeah. Although they are heading down. But I mean, if we get a rebound, it should sort of even itself out, I would think. Hmm. Oh, 
Sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Right, well, the, wrong thing. the next one is from um, Evening Standard, Homes and Property. And it is... So it says as follows. So the nation. Oh, yeah. So the nationwide bank, or was it a building society? society. A, a building society. So the nationwide building society um, has pledged to not repossess. So homeowners whose finances are hit or have been hit by the coronavirus can stay in homes for twelve months. Um, this is this is good because as we've seen before, we've seen other banks that give you a, I think it's maximum three months holiday, uh, mortgage holiday, and then they lower your credit rating sometimes, uh, which isn't a very good idea. Well, isn't very good, I mean, for the person who is being affected. Here they will give you an entire 12 months, and I do believe they have a five-point support package to help protect the homes and finances of those who have been hit hard. Mm. Um, their five points go as follows. Um, we might dive it, uh, a bit into them in a minute. So the first one is no mortgage member will lose the property in which they live in if they are in arrears as a result of COVID-19. And, well, if they work with the society to get their finances back on track. The second one says that the flexibility for customers in meeting their mortgage payments where they can. So they will be allowing um, customers to pay their the mortgage whenever they can. It's very flexible. It's very nice. Um, it also says that this could include temporary, uh, temporarily moving to interest-only payments so that it minimizes the long-term impact on their finances. So they are keeping into account um, a lot, the people themselves. It's, uh, it's, it's very nice of them, to be honest. The third one says that the new three-month mortgage payment breaks for those who are still in a financial difficulty to due to the COVID-19. So um, it's the same as before, uh, like the other banks, isn't it, Matthew? It's like they, well, they it's offer... Saying- it's saying that in addition to the original three-month uh, mortgage uh, holiday, they're offering another one. So that gives you up to six months of support. But obviously following an assessment. So like you have to be assessed, your finances have to be assessed and you have to be eligible. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, if you go in and you say, I've lost, I've been furloughed, and I'm probably going to lose my job at the end of being furloughed. The, and the bank are going to be... They're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll give you six months of not paying any mortgage. But then after that, you, if you come in and say, well, I still haven't got a job, they're just going to repossess your house, no? That's true. I mean... Kind of where does it leave, leave you? Except I suppose it gives you six months to carry on living in your house before they repossess. In the event that you were able to find a job in six months they're not exactly asking you to pay during those six months at all so it would be if if you were to manage to get a job by the second month possibly and save all that money up yeah. being very smart about it, it does you give have you enough. a bit of time to find a job i suppose yeah yeah that's interesting at least the nationwide if they do it maybe others will follow suit yeah hopefully 
it would definitely be fantastic wouldn't it but um uh, it's all come down it all comes comes down to how people are actually affected because they can say things but it might not actually be what they do after like we saw with the other banks with the three month holiday suddenly people were saying that their credit rating was or the credit score i mean was going down and such hmm Regardless, let's move on to the next article, which is from the Property Wire, and it says as follows. Uh, so, how money laundering has changed in the digital age? We're going to briefly go over this just um, to uh, just sort of talk to you all about how, you know, before it used to be done through um, the housing market. Through the purchase of a house, I do believe, and now we have many ways because of how the internet has risen um, exponentially in popularity and in use. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's like Britain is becoming a cashless society. There's more like money's moving faster electronically online using smartphones and stuff. Because, I mean, this is the Property Wire um, magazine and I thought it would be saying our solicitors need to be careful checking for um, money laundering, but it seems the money launderers have moved to these other methods that they've listed here. The first one, like, is cryptocurrency, obviously, because cryptocurrencies are kind of untrackable. Mm. So you could just like buy a load of cryptocurrency and then sell it again, and then no one would be able to trace that money back. And then it's like social media. Not really sure. I guess like buying luxury items. It says, but I don't see how you launder your money through social media because once I mean it, it says here. Fake money making schemes. Such as pyramid schemes. Yeah, but it still doesn't. I mean, Bitcoin, it cleans your money, doesn't it? Because you sell it, you buy Bitcoin, then you sell it. So you've cleaned it. Whereas social media, if you're investing in social media, maybe the social media company is quite irresponsible. Mm. They're not being made to do any sort of money laundering checks. And then uh, number three is like these online games with virtual currencies. So I suppose uh, these companies might be dodgy as well in that gangsters or whatever people looking to launder money can just buy a load of virtual credit in these online games and then somehow sell them again. So the game companies are really the ones that are laundering the money in that case. And online gambling, I mean, that is online games. I mean, gambling games, same kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, so, uh, and the gig economy. So, ghost rides on app-based. I see, so, like, if you're an Uber driver, you could pretend that you got the money through... You could, like, register as an Uber driver and drive around, like, people who don't exist... Oh, and then just give yourself the money. So, if somebody comes and says this money's stolen, you can say, "Well, the guy I drove gave me the money," or something. Yeah, 
but really it's um it's not you? true yeah so if you're looking to launder any money those are the five <laughs> at the moment <laughs> if you're looking to uh make some cash during COVID-19 take it off other people um this one also comes this next one also comes from the property uh wire and it is talking about landlords who should get a stamp duty surcharge exemption yeah uh, we saw a similar one before um yeah there always seems to be some group of people calling for a stamp duty holiday or like a reduction in stamp duty i mean i'm all for abolishing it but if it should be across the board. I mean, this woman, Mary Ann Bowring, is the managing director at property management firm Ringley Group. She's saying that buy-to-let investors shouldn't have to pay extra stamp duty on their second properties to encourage a growth in the UK housing market. Mm. I, I think that, that that charge is there to discourage people from owning multiple properties thus giving a more of a chance to the first time buyers to get on the property ladder yeah so i'm not really again i'm not really for this although um you know i shouldn't be biased i you know we are just reporting the news but there always seems to be someone calling for it and it never happens so i imagine in this case it isn't going to happen most likely not. So. <laughs> All righty. Um, next one is from Legal Futures. Market intelligence for law firms of the future. So this one is talking about how conveyancing uh, Corona Coaster in Q1 uh, there has been a conveyance in Corona Coaster in Q1 as a monthly activity hit after four-year high and seven-year low. Uh, that title is very simplified, sorry. But, um, yeah, so... Um, this is um, some research done by Search Acumen, like a big search com- um, legal searches company. Yeah. And uh, it's called the Conveyancing Market Tracker Report. And um, I mean, Search Acumen call themselves the property data insight and technology provider. And it gives a set of graphs. The first part is that January was an excellent month uh, for conveyancing with over 100,000 transactions. So it's like the best month in a year. Uh, but then obviously the virus hit and that's really like affected it negatively and since January we're now at a seven year low with uh, just 55,000 transactions I mean it's not like it really these these data should really matter anyway though because of what's happening you know it's sort of like if there was no coronavirus and this were to happen it'd be worrying but well I'm not Mm. sure if it would be really but you know if it's not if it is happening like it is and it's slowed down, then there's no real reason for this to be alarming at any, in any way. Mm. Well, there's a couple more things about the data. 
uh, how the coronavirus has sort of hit different uh, firms, different firms like based on their sizes. Mm. Firstly, said there was four hundred firms had gone completely quiet, like i.e., have probably gone bust during this time. Maybe they were already on the way out, and then the coronavirus came along, and they thought, "Oh well, we might as well pack up shop." But the second yeah. thing is that the smaller firms have been hardest hit. Obviously, the larger firms have managed to cope, like continue functioning better through the the virus. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I remember that we covered, uh, I, sorry, I do not remember the firm, but we covered a firm that was um, disappointed, uh, felt disappointed towards other firms for not just keeping their advantage. people hired. Yeah, for using the furlough scheme when they probably should have been able to weather it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right now, big, the biggest firms probably have no issue. I mean, I don't think we've covered a firm, a single firm that has had a big issue um, because of coronavirus. So it's, I mean, everyone knew that the smaller firms were going to be hit, but this, these numbers feel... Well, hopefully they make it through with the furlough. Maybe it's they're quieter because they've had the salaries covered by the furlough. Mm. scheme so yeah it was a pretty tough time for conveyances all round is pretty much what the report says and they say they're saying the next report in quarter two is going to be even worse than this one well I mean it was to be expected but it's still saddening and even frustrating for some to hear it Hopefully the families of the people who have been affected by this severely economically are recuperating properly and hopefully they get back on track once everything finishes, blows over. Mm. Hopefully they're receiving the support they need as well. Yeah. And, well, to finish off the lovely podcast, like always, we are bringing you a lovely house or sometimes mansion or sometimes country with a country house with marvelous acres of land from country life. Uh, this time we have a um, Georgian country house located in Devon with breathtaking views and a colonnaded colon, yeah, um, balcony. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a Georgian house, it says. Near Taunton in Devon. And uh, it's just like a big, square, well-built Georgian house, but it's got this interesting kind of colonial-style French arches thing on the front, like an upstairs. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the lovely balcony they have too. It's, um, it looks very nice. The house itself is um, obviously quite large, it, uh, I do believe it says somewhere it has around five reception rooms, and I believe they're all on the first floor regardless. This uh, building, this house has... a flat has, roof, which is quite interesting. It has two floors, right? Yeah, so it's got two Three floors. floors I, think. 
It's got the ground floor, the first floor, and the second floor. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so they've got three floors, and then uh, I mean two floors, and they've got the one that's they've got sort of. Uh, I believe it's like two separate cottages. I mean, you can see them in uh, one of these images here. They have more um, no one of outside them is, buildings. Um, it's what was it called? A um, coach house. The one on the right is a coach house, and it hasn't been converted into, like, a dwelling. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, if you have a horse and it's coach, you can take it on over there. I, you could probably put a car in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's surrounded by lots of trees. It's got a beautiful view out. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. hills. They have a marvellous view. It definitely must look beautiful in the evening. Mm. so yeah five reception rooms it's got this big staircase that winds around and around yep gravel drive uh, like the views from the lounge window it's just crazy they are marvellous the only thing that strikes odd is I have not seen a single detail about the acres of land this this um, house should have I saw that it's two million pounds five yeah. bedrooms exactly for two two million pounds I would expect a, an acre or two of land yeah it doesn't say the acreage I mean don't get me wrong alright the house is wonderful and it's marvellously big ten acres there you go Okay, so the house, together with its views, I'm not sure exactly if it's close to any cities or anything, but with its views, with its expanse, uh, nature, and its 10 acres of land, it's going for £2 million. So it's just these lawns here next to the house, and then you've, the rest of it is woodland, it says. So if you're a tree hugger, this is a perfect place for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very nice house. Modern, isn't it? Yeah, the the house in general um, has both things in it. It feels because it looks very nice and clean. Some things look like they've been a uh, little remodeled to be modern. For instance, if you can see on this image on the left in this lounge, they have made a sort of glass. Um, a place where you can put objects on it, and it's just carved into the wall with mm. uh, glass panels so you can Can't put them on the there. Name of that. <laughs> a shelf? There you go. Yeah, it's kind of a shelf, but it's a, they used to make them a lot in older houses. I'm sure at one time or another I knew the name of it. I mean, the kitchen is very modern. It has lovely. It has a uh, lovely island with one of these um, sort of dangling shelves, you could call it a dangling... Um, piece hanging yeah and they're just to like stack all your pots and pans on top of but this this is interesting it's got an arger like we've had ones with argers before but this one boasts a four oven arger so it's got like four doors in it you, so you could cook in all four of those ovens that's at least one quarter of the price already ladies and gentlemen <laughs> okay well that concludes this fortnight's um, podcast podcast yeah 
we're not <laughs> feeling it at the moment. I think it's the um, the lockdown. We're going to yeah. try and get back into the the rhythm of it as things uh, improve. If you were looking forward to the five minute video which we had planned for last week, um, we will um, be planning to make it next week. Just so you know, working on the format, trying to you know figure out how we can pack in the most info and make it you know something that will be useful to people for a long time to come. Exactly, and we want to make these as uh, as quality as we can. So again, yeah, sorry, we, we we like Matthew just said, we are probably feeling tired and lazy because of the lockdown. Well, lazy. I feel we like we're more lacking. Uh, life at the moment life force <laughs> so um pardon us for any mishaps that have happened during this podcast um again uh we do hope you're all doing fantastically um that nobody has been uh harmed or anything by the coronavirus in any of your families or you yourselves hmm. yeah I, I hope everybody's okay out there and uh drop us a line if you want us to look into anything in particular if you have any good news sources uh, there was an earlier article today like they mentioned all these other places like the Conveyancing Association Society of Licensed Conveyancers I think I'm going to check those out see if they've got any good news um, on their websites because um, we do talk a lot about property and I'd like to talk more about law because this is supposed to be like a conveyancing podcast but it's also, it's not just aimed at lawyers, it's also aimed at anybody who's like looking to get into the property market, buy their first home, move house. Yeah, we'd love to cover the news, we love uh, covering the news, because it informs us, and we also want to inform all of you. That includes people who work and who don't work in the property law market. So we all um, hope you're feeling very motivated at the moment we hope that you are liking the podcasts that you feel informed and with this i'll say my goodbyes i hope to see you next fortnight um maybe next week as well and yeah yep thanks for tuning in and goodbye goodbye have a good one all of you